0: Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. My name is Tony Roy. I am your host this and every week on this podcast. As I mentioned, this podcast is dedicated to your pickleball improvement. This week, I am happy to have as my guest my partner and friend CJ Johnson, who's in town doing some We Are Pickleball camps that we're working on together here in Tampa. So super. we're a little bit tired, but uh, it's been really good camps. It's very invigorating to see players who are intent on improvement, uh, continue on their path and to be able to be a part of that with them. This uh, week, we're going to talk about some things that we've discovered during a survey that we did at We Are Pickleball. Uh, I think you might find it interesting in terms of the things that pickleball players uh, believe about the game, some of which we agree with and some of which maybe we want to talk about some more <laughs> and maybe explore a little bit. And then during the riff, I am going to turn the, the mic over to CJ and let CJ let you, little, let you know a little bit more about CJ and her journey as a person on this planet and whatever it is she wants to talk about. It's going to be her riff. Stay tuned for the podcast. If you want to have the most fun you've ever had on the pickleball court while at the same time learning the skills and strategies that you need to play your best pickleball, check out our We Are Pickleball Camps. You can find out more at wearepickleball.com forward slash camps. I'll link to it below in the show notes. When you're ready to treat yourself to the best and most immersive pickleball camp available anywhere, join us at a We Are Pickleball Camp. You'll find our 2022 schedule in the link below. This much fun should be illegal. All right, I'm happy to have CJ Johnson, who you may know from Better Pickleball and is my partner. And we are Pickleball here with me. We're not even going to pretend like we don't know each other, like she's a guest on my podcast, like make a big deal out of it. So CJ, welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, Tony, it's it's great to be on the podcast, but it's better yeah. to be here in Tampa.
0: That's right. That's right. She, so she got out of the snow in Lake Tahoe area where she's from, where she lives. Uh, her husband is coming out tomorrow, so we're gonna we're gonna give him a little escape from the snow as well. So that should be fun. And we have our camps this weekend and next week, so uh, we are looking forward to it. And it's been a lot of fun giving the camps, right, CJ? A lot of fun.
1: It has. It's so much fun working with players who want to improve, yep. who, who are taking their game not necessarily seriously. It's not like, my goodness, I'm going to go play right. a tournament or things like that, but people who are thirsty for knowledge.
0: Yeah, yeah and just curiosity, right? Just keep mm-hmm. learning and growing. We, we love the sport and just keep on growing. And, and, and CJ and I really enjoy uh, sharing our knowledge, what we've learned uh, through study, playing, working, thinking about it, all those things. So we really like it. So... Uh, and CJ and I are partners, and we are Pickleball, which you may know, uh, and we're super happy to do that as well as another way to bring uh, hopefully helpful information to Pickleball players. And so uh, CJ put together a survey, uh, just kind of, hey, what's going on out there? What are people thinking about? And so CJ, what was the first, the number one thing that we learned from our survey that Pickleball players are looking for or think they need in order to continue improving as Pickleball players?
1: The biggest thing without a shadow of a doubt was consistency. Uh, players when they're looking at their own improvement, it was I need to be find a way to be more consistent on the pickleball courts
0: yeah and, and that, obviously that's that's great. I mean I think that's awesome right you would agree I would agree. yeah I think the idea that I need to be more consistent is something that um, makes sense right I mean I, that, that's a really that's a good aim. I think if you want to improve as a pickleball player, consistency is the key. And you remember when we had, um, uh, Kyle Yates was on the summit uh, with us uh, a few months back, last year, middle year when we had the summit or earlier in the year. Uh, You remember what Kyle said, right, about consistency, right?
1: So Kyle, truly one of the best players in in the world, Um, definitely a a transitional player between some, I guess you could say old style pickleball versus some of the the more modern style that we're seeing with the game being sped up just a little bit and some different elements coming into the game. But one of the things that Kyle said, um, when you asked him, you said, so if you're gonna share one thing, what would it be? And he talked about consistency, yep. and and basically, don't be fancy right.
0: when when basic will do. Right, keep it yeah, keep it simple. Kyle said, "Listen, you know, not everybody plays like Ben Johns or Simone Jardine, right? I mean, and you don't need to to be a really good, you know, competent quality player. Just keep it simple. Keep the errors down, and consistency is really key for that. And I think CJ, if we were thinking about a couple of tips for consistency." you know, one w- that I would share, and uh, I'll give you a chance to think about yours because we haven't really, we didn't really rehearse this thing. We're just going live. So one of the things that I would suggest for a player uh, to improve their consistency is to reduce the amount of their stroke. The Meaning like how much are you swinging to hit the ball? Uh, a lot of the errors that we make as pickleball players are based on excessive swing. So more swing, a lot of times equals more errors. What do you think, CJ? What tip do you think you would share with players about that okay. consistency?
1: Yeah, you stole my thunder because we just shot a video about this my first day here. We just shot a video for that's going to appear on the Better Pickleball channel yep. about reducing the size of your stroke to get more consistent. Mm-hmm. To me, and and pickleball is pickleball's my third sport. Mm-hmm. I've been an athlete my entire life, a professional athlete, and... It's practice. It's If you right. want to be more consistent, you have to put in the reps. You have to put in the time. And you can do that in a variety of different ways. I think people, um, when they think of practice, they think it's painful. Right. It, it requires long hours. Um, it doesn't, right. but you have to put in the reps. Otherwise, how can you go out and play in a game right. and expect to perform when you haven't spent any time
0: getting your body, your body's an instrument, getting your body to work. Right. And I think I think the, the you know, I think the mistake that players make is they think that playing equal practice, that is not true, folks. If you think that getting out on the pickleball court and playing an extra hour or, you know, I played three times this week and I'm gonna improve my mechanical part of my game, which is what you need for consistency. That is a mistake. That is a myth. If you're gonna practice, you need to practice, not play. CJ, let's talk about the second item that we found in the uh, in the uh, survey. What was that?
1: It was exactly what you said. People said in order to improve, they needed to play more.
0: I wish I wish I had known that before because <laughs> I would have. That's a great segue, right? But hey, you know, it worked out. So, okay. So number two was people were saying, okay, I'm going to get better by playing. Folks, listen. If you're listening to this podcast, that means generally means to us that we understand that you're serious about the game and serious about improving. Playing more will not improve your game. Stop the presses. Forget about it. It will not improve your game. CJ, I mean, I know you you, you just mentioned about your, your background. I know that you... Uh, were a uh, very successful high level. You were a good golfer, right? You were, you know, maybe mm-hmm. not. Yes. Maybe you didn't reach Annika Sorenstam, you know, levels of, of the golf, but you were a very, very good golfer. Um, talk to us a little bit about, like, when you were working on your golf game. Were you just like, okay, let's play eighteen holes, like? I don't know, eight times a week or something like that. Or what did you do to improve as a golfer?
1: Well, just to let you know, I can beat Annika on the pickleball courts. She, that, that's she, true. she, she lives. True. In, <laughs> she lives in. She lives in uh, where I'm from, and she does play. And she's a pickleball player. <laughs> awesome! But, awesome! Uh, yeah, not on the golf course. <laughs> not on the golf course. But I. So so when I was uh, working as a golf professional, I probably spent. 70 to 80% of my time, depending upon where I was at in a tournament cycle and what was happening in my game. But I probably spent 70 to 80% of my time on the practice range Mm -hmm. and not just the practice range on the putting green. So I was working on my swing. I was working on my putting uh, stroke. I was working on chipping, pitching, you know, short game shots. So probably 70 to 80% of my time was spent there. And, And I mentioned this during the camp. I said, my pickleball stroke is not as consistent as my golf stroke because I have hit, I don't know, a million balls. Uh, I, I mean, the basketball. A best, million, golf balls a, but, million yeah. golf balls. a million golf balls. A million golf balls. And I haven't hit that many pickleballs because it's just a matter of time. I've right. been a golf pro since uh, 1989. Right. So it's just a matter of time. You you do the math. I've I've been playing pickleball since 2016. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely much more consistent at golf, even if I've stepped away from it for a long period of time. But the fact remains, if I wanted to go back and play golf at a high level again, I'm not going to go play. I mean, yes, I'll play some, but if I'm going to go back and play at a high level, I'm going back
0: to practice and if you want to have consistency definitely practice So one of the things that happened during our camp today excuse me one of the campers asked the question uh the question was how much time should i spend drilling Mm -hmm. versus playing now there's not a there's not an absolute number right so cj just said 70 80 percent that's one number uh, what the response that we gave was basically, if you were say you needed to work on a mechanical part of your game, which consistency is mechanical, folks. So if you needed to work on your consistency, say a mechanical part of your game, I suggest that 90% drilling. So if you have, you know, if you have eight hours in the week, spend seven of them working on the shot and one hour play if that, if you're, if you want to improve, right? So now if you're working on, say like something that requires court time, like say like recognizing, Um, the movement on the court and recognizing what's going on on the court, then maybe you need more time on the court. But even then, you need to be focused on what you're doing and not just quote unquote playing the game. So that's definitely helpful. CJ, what was number three on the survey? What do we got?
1: Oh, so number three was I can't practice because no one will practice with me.
0: No one will practice with me. That is, listen, and I am. there's no judgment here, folks. Yes, that happens. That happens and it can be a thing cg i'm going to give one suggestion and then i'm going to t- turn it over to you but one suggestion that 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 we talk about is we talk about you know just like if you if, if all you can get is 10 minutes before you start playing take the 10 minutes in other words if you get to the courts a little bit early you know if you get early they're early there's not enough players sometimes or there, there's an odd number or whatever go out to uh, someone you know and say hey would you dinkle me for two minutes now, two minutes is a fib. It's one of those white lies because you're saying two minutes. You really expect it to be three, four, five, six, it might be 10 minutes, right? But just say, hey, do you mind hitting me just a couple minutes? I've just been working on this one shot. You know, nine times out of 10, they'll be like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. Now, here's what's interesting, right? And, and it, what's interesting is you, is when you ask that person to, to hit a few times with you, what can happen then, CJ.
1: They're going to ask, they're going to come back and they're going to ask you right. to hit with them because right. they're working on a shot.
0: Right. And, and, and then what you do is you end up finding potentially a drilling partner. Right. You know, and you just kind of walk into it. Now, if you walk up to somebody and just say, I would, you know, hey, meet me next Saturday. I want to drill for three and a half hours and the whatever, whatever, whatever. Not interested. Right. Or maybe not interested. But if you say to them, let's, hey, let's do this for a couple minutes. And then maybe next time they say, hey, meet me 15 minutes early, right? Uh, then, right? Exactly. So CJ, any other thoughts on like, you know, no one will drill with me? I mean, there's a couple other options I think that players have, right? If no one is available to drill with them.
1: Themselves. I, I mean, that's yeah. kind of one of the that's yeah. kind of one of the biggest ones, especially coming from a sport that was solo. Um, coming from golf, I'm also um, you know I teach skiing. Uh, coming from skiing, those are sports that you can practice by yourself. So my mentality when I really started playing pickleball is how can I drill alone? Now certainly one of those is a ball machine. I mean that's that's I have a ball machine. I know you have a ball machine as well, but. You don't have to have a ball machine. There, there, there's some specific reasons we do, um, where, and frankly, where I have a lot of fun. So when Tony came to Tahoe back in September, I wanted to make some changes in my game, and I asked Tony to help me to make some changes. Mm-hmm. So we started working on it. He gave me some things to do, and I went to the wall. That you know that that's where I i i spent my time so i would go over and now it's like october and november and we kind of had a very nice fall in tahoe and the being at the wall there is pretty warm and i turn on the music and i'm just hit for the wall and being that i'm an athlete and i like to practice i kind of lose myself in the practice and i just would have a blast now obviously we got snow and and things changed um so i and i I told Tony I don't have I have a carpet in the house, but I have an entryway that has tile in the entryway, and I got a foam ball. Uh, one of the foam balls, uh, uh, Gamma and Babalat both mm-hmm. make a foam ball. I got a foam ball, and I can hit. I have enough. Uh, space to be able to hit a short shot against the door and so I told Tony you know before I came here hey I have been I've been hitting balls against the wall so truly the first time that I've played since what November and we're recording this in January the first time I've played since November was today I mean we went out on the court and we played today right. but I have been hitting balls and practicing so you can do these things by yourself even if it's a bag of balls to the court yeah take a bag yeah, of balls definitely. to
0: the court listen yeah if you you know if, if you have a flat surface near you and some balls and you don't need 100 of them 10 12 balls 15 20 whatever you have a space you can. We were talking about it earlier with with our campers today. You can take the balls and you can hit them into the grass. There's there's just you can put targets like trash cans. You can do all sorts of. There's all sorts of ways to practice. One other way you can practice is what we call ghost drilling or mirror drilling, where you're basically simply making the motion of the paddle. With nothing in front of you, just your visualization of the of the of the situation. So you imagine the ball going to your right, say on a dink. You you laterally move to the right. You do a nice you, from your ready position. You squat down. You put the paddle out in front of you. You complete the dink back to ready position. Shuffle back to the middle you'll be amazed at how much benefit that has. So those are three things that we found from our survey uh, that were uh, 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 not necessarily eye-opening, but what was interesting was to see what players are are thinking about the game and what maybe are things that they need to work on and things that are holding them back. So we wanted to share those with you and give you some tips on those. In the riff, I am turning the the microphone over to CJ. I'm leaving the room. CJ's going to talk to you about whatever she wants to, about pickleball life, her journey, anything she wants to talk about. So if you want to get to know CJ Johnson from Better Pickleball and We Are Pickleball a little bit more, stay tuned for the riff. As a pickleball player, you are no doubt working on your game. But are you also working on your vision? Doesn't it make sense that better vision will lead to better pickleball? Not to mention better night driving. CJ and I rely on the experts at Visual Edge to help us track those balls so we don't ever miss a shot. If you're ready to take your vision and perhaps your game to the next level, join us inside Visual Edge. I'll link to it below. We'll see you inside.
1: Hey everybody, this is CJ Johnson, and uh, Tony really did turn this off and leave the room and say, here, here you go. So. I've been an athlete my whole life and I was talking about being a golf professional as well as a ski professional and now that I've come to pickleball and transitioned to pickleball I've had some I've had some challenges like everyone when we start a sport and we're a little bit older uh, I found pickleball when I was oh probably about 50 I'm 58 now so I found pickleball when I was about 52. And when we start a sport and we're a little bit older, it can be challenging on the body, certainly on the body, even though I'm pretty fit and I'm in pretty good shape. I got my first case of golfer's elbow from playing pickleball. And just, I'm like many of you, I found the game, fell in love with it, played you know, eight days a week, uh, you know, 10 hours at a time, not quite that much, but uh, several hours at a time and got my first overuse injury uh, from, like I said, from playing pickleball. So, but even without, let's take the body aside. I mean, the challenges of being an older athlete, I think mentally the challenges of learning a sport at an older, at an older age. Uh, really at any age, when you're not a kid. When you're a kid, uh, I came to skiing, I came to golf, I, I learned those. I, I had my first set of golf clubs at five i I cannot remember my first time that I was on skis. I was a year and a half years when, when I was on skis. So I learned those pretty instinctively. I think we do that as we're kids. And then as we become teenagers, if you were an athlete as a teenager, you, you begin to refine those skills. When we learn sports as an adult, we learn very differently because as adults, we learn differently than we do when we're kids. And so one of the things that has plagued me, not just in pickleball, but it had plagued me some in golf as well, is a mental attitude in making sure that mentally I'm in the right place to perform my best. And so again, it doesn't matter if you're on a golf course, a pickleball court, a, a, a mountain, uh, whatever is going on in your head is going to come out in your performance, in your body. I have a saying that I use a lot and it's if I talked to you the way you talk to yourself, would we still be friends? I am a big proponent of positive self-talk. And I know that to some of you that's going to kind of sound kind of mamby-pamby or it, it really isn't. It is all about you perform how you think. And there's one thing that you have control over. It is how you think. And I found myself so again coming to to this sport a little later in life and of course having a sports background, having an athletic background. There have been times on my pickleball journey where in my estimation I didn't do I didn't pick something up fast enough. I didn't d- develop a new skill um, proficiently enough. I wasn't as consistent as I thought I should be based on the amount of time that I put in, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a whole host of things and some of those negative thoughts, well, you should be doing this better, or you should be doing this differently, or you should be doing this. Um, some of those shoulds, uh, really started to impact my, my self-confidence on the pickleball court. And actually it, it, it kind of flowed, uh, that negative thought process flowed back uh, into the golf arena, as well as into the skiing arena. And I I was starting to think some negative thoughts when I was uh, doing those other sports as well. And I had to stop and just remember that I need to be my best friend. What I've learned on this journey, the, the, especially the mental aspect of sport is we're going to have negative thoughts. There's no way I can shut off all these negative thoughts. It's just never going to happen. That's for, for human beings. At least I am. Um, I can't shut off all these negative thoughts, but what can I do? What's the solution when I do have a negative thought? So when I'm out on the pickleball court and I'm getting these messages that in my brain are that I'm not good enough. I don't belong here. I shouldn't be here. What are some of the things that I can do to turn that off? And, and the, the, the tool that I use the most is I, I like to, um, you've heard Tony's talk about self one and self two. Uh, self one is the, the part of your brain that tells you that, and this is, this goes back to Tim Galloway and in the inner game of tennis, which was one of the very first mental books that I read, uh, cause there wasn't anything he hadn't yet written the inner game of golf. I read that when he did that one as well, but so you have self one and you have self two. So self one is, uh, the, the part of you that tells self two the part of you that knows how to do it, how to do it. So self two is the automatic part and self one is the part that tells you how to do it. Um, I know as an athlete, I am never going to perform proficiently if my self one is telling myself two how to perform. It's never going to happen. It's never worked in any sport that I have ever played. Why would it work in pickleball yet? so many times again, you know, I should be older. I'm getting all these, these negative messages. So one of the things that I do, like I said, to, to kind of quiet that inner voice is when I hear it, I smile and I say, thank you very much for participating. I kind of say this mentally. I don't say this out loud. Thank you very much for participating, but I enjoy this game and I'm progressing at the pace that I'm capable of progressing at today. Tomorrow may be different, but I'm progressing at the pace that I'm capable of progressing at today. And frankly, some days I'm going to go out on the pickleball courts and I'm going to play well. And some days I'm going to go out on the pickleball courts and I'm not going to play so well. I have to be accepting of who I am as a human being. And if I can't be my own friend, on and off the pickleball courts, my own cheerleader, who's going to be the cheerleader for me. So I hope you can take this and begin to learn to be your own cheerleader. And let me tell you this, you may not have the solution just yet, but what you need to do is just look for the times, When you hear that negative voice, recognize it, recognize the negative voice and just say, okay, I hear you and do your best to push it off to the side and just allow yourself the freedom of being at where you are at today and enjoy where you are at today. Because you know what? Chances are tomorrow it's going to be different. I want to thank Tony for having me on the podcast, and that's my riff for you. Hopefully, we'll see you one day at one of our uh, We Are Pickleball camps where we talk about this sort of stuff, and we'll share some more war stories about how to get past the mental part of the game because it's such an important part for players.
0: Thank you, CJ, for sharing your story with us and talking about the mental part of the game. It's such an important part of the game that's often overlooked. If you want to improve, make sure you're spending some time on the mental part of the game. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please give it a rating on whatever platform you listen to it. And if you enjoyed it, remember to share with your friends. If you liked it, they probably will too. Hope you have a great week next week. See you at the next podcast and be well out there.